This is the Perfectly Normal Podcast, and we're broadcasting from the NNP Satellite Studios in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today, part two of our New York trip, we're going to talk about all the magic stuff, Tannins, The Enigmatist, Houdini, and Darren Brown, but we're also going to talk about Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. No, 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 we are not doing that again. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Perfectly Normal Podcast. I am Jeff Newman. I'm Ben Price. And we are here to talk about part two of our trip to New York, or as I like to call it, to York. Yeah. Do you get it? It's a I get it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Making sure it oh. might fly over the heads of some people. You never I know. I don't think it will. <laughs> Uh, but if you're just joining us for this episode, we did a part one where we talked about all the little bits of the trip uh, in between our big events that we thought were humorous, interesting, uh, and otherwise noteworthy. Uh, but today we're going to get into the meat of it, uh, and we're going to talk about the shows and the events and the, uh, I guess, the uh, tourism places that we wanted to check out. Yeah, we went uh, when to we decided- New York with a goal. We did. We, we had, had a set a- number of things we yeah. wanted to do while we were in New York. Mm-hmm. So that, those are the things we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Uh, so I guess we just start in chronicolo- chronological. Chronological order. Chronological order. <laughs> we are going to go somewhat in chronological order um, <laughs> with one exception. We're going to leave the, uh, the main portion. When, so as a bit of a backstory before we get to the end of the episode, um, in the summer on our Fringe tour, Jeff and I did a duo show. And there was this moment in time where we found out that a a hero of ours was going to be in New York on Broadway with uh, a show. And we said, maybe if we make, you know, a certain amount of money at uh, this duo show, we'll go to New York. Um, And it it was kind of a joke at the time. We flew back and forth with it. And then eventually we ended up with the decision that, no, we're not going to New York. And then, for whatever reason, it was actually Hannah, I think. We were at Denny's. Uh, We were having a breakfast when you could go out and have breakfast. And Hannah said, you know what? This is a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, probably. Um, You guys should go. And and we did. We planned the trip and went. And uh, we did a lot of magic-themed things. And one of the things that um, we were really excited about was the first thing we can talk about um, was going to one of the oldest magic shops in the United States. Now, is it the oldest or one of the oldest? I believe it's the oldest. Okay. Well, while you give, Anyways, while you give some, yeah, give some background about about it, and then I will uh, look it up. <laughs> so, uh, one of the very first goals that we sat down when we just and uh, sat down and decided we wanted to do when we would go to New York is check out Tannen's Magic Shop. Now, Tannen's Magic Shop may or may not be one of the oldest magic shops. Tannen's Magic Shop is the oh. oldest operating magic shop in New York City. It was founded by Louis Tannen in 1925. There we go. Uh, so it is the oldest magic shop in New York City, uh, but it's also kind of become the magic shop. Yeah. Uh, so when when you hear magicians talk about going to the magic shop, uh, you know, they talk about like the brick and mortar stores. Like we had one here in Calgary or have one here in Calgary. Um, uh, but Tannen's is like the mecca of magic shops. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not large. But it was not it, large. It was not what I expected. No. At all. But it did have uh, the atmosphere and the feel that I was expecting. It, was, it had this very kind of um, fantastical yeah. uh, feel to it. The it lights really were felt, dim. It was yeah. like rich lighting. You know when you see like an old style kind of, of a picture of someone in a nice suit or something? It had that kind of lighting. 
There was rich colors. They had a, a great setup when you walked in. It, it was fabulous. It absolutely – it felt exactly like you'd expect a magic, magic shop to feel. Yes, 100%. Uh, and it was phenomenal. Like it was – it's – it's the strangest thing in my mind to describe a trip to a store as a phenomenal experience. Yeah. Uh, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, because the second you walk through the door, you realize this is not like any place you have ever been before. Mm-mm. It was strange too, because even finding it was not easy. No. Um, for people who go all the time, they know, you know, I go in this door up this elevator and whatever. Um, but we walked. It was. It's right across the street from uh, the Empire State Building. Yeah. Basically, like you went across the street, and it was right there. Um, <laughs> and funnily enough, uh, <laughs> one of your one of your like list items was to go to the Empire State Building. Yeah. And, and when we sat, <laughs> we did our itinerary. We're like, okay, on day one, or when we get there, we're gonna go do this. We're gonna do that. And then on day one, our first full day there, we're gonna check out Tannins, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do this. We have a show tonight, and we get to Tannins. And, and, and kind of, it was like, if we get to the empire state building, we'll get there, you know, like we can, we can work it in somewhere. Yeah. And then most people kind of seek out the empire state building. But I remember for us, we're like, okay, Tannins is on this street at this address. I think it's in this building. I think this is it. Like, is this where you go? Hey buddy, you know, guy over there, is this where, Tan- yeah, this is Tannins. Okay, great. Oh, Hey, look, it's the empire state, state building. <laughs> we had no idea. No clue. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, on the complete opposite side of the street. We're like, is that? Oh, yeah, that's the Empire State. Well, <laughs> into Tannins. I think we did both on the same day we ended up because we yep. had Empire State on another day. And, and we're we like, carried well, our Tannins bags yeah. all the way to the top. <laughs> oh, yes, we have cards and card clips from Tannins we that have do. been. So uh, uh, as a side note, we bought, we bought a lot of things. Well, not a lot of things. We bought some things that we enjoyed from Tannins. Um, yeah. And we bought card clips. And it turns out, as we were talking to the the guy that worked behind the counter, he's, he found out we were from Canada. And when we asked for the card clips, we got them. They're really nice. And he said, actually, these card clips are made in Canada by a, a Canadian <laughs> magician. I'm like, oh, okay. Traveled all the way to New York <laughs> to get this Tannins card clip that's made in Canada. They're gorgeous, though. They are. They're lovely. Yeah. I love mine. It sits on my bedside table. It's a, it's a feature piece for all the people that come through there. <laughs> All, Which is all the people coming me. and visiting you in your bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Mine is mine is in a drawer where no one can see it, find it, or steal it. I, You and I have very different approaches to souvenirs. Yeah, it's true. I, I like to show my stuff off. Uh, but that was that. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, Tannins was great. You bought a book uh, that you're really enjoying. I, did, uh, I really enjoyed the book. And and I think I think I touched on this before. There's actually pieces in there that I think are actually better for you than for me. Yeah, it was, it's a mentalism thing, which I mean, I don't do a lot of, but, um, it was, I did really enjoy, uh, that you found some things that might suit my style. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so when, when we can, when we can actually see each other face to face, I will, I will pass that on to you and you can, you can go through it. But for now, don't touch Uh, me. But uh, I think the thing that struck me the most about Tannins and the other magic shop we went to. Right. Uh, uh, there, there were two magic shops we visited in New York. Well, but, actually, uh, we didn't well, know we were visiting a magic shop. No, we didn't. When we visited the second. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing that struck me about Tannins was the, um, 
the camaraderie that was yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had you had the two or three guys working behind the counter who are like the experts. Yeah. Um, and then you had the customers in inside that are that are shopping and looking and browsing and and purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in in my experiences with with other magic shops that I have visited uh, around Canada, mm-hmm. uh, there's always kind of been this this guardedness, you know, like the, Oh, Oh yeah. Here's, here's this thing, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, it's, it's, Oh, it's magic. It's secret. Ah, uh, tannins was not like that. Yeah. Uh, it's like the second you walked through the door, the veil was lifted. There was no, there was no, um, uh, guardedness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, one example is I had a good long talk with magic belay, who mm-hmm. was one of the, the main staff there. Yeah. Uh, him and I had a good long talk about a gimmick that I had considered purchasing for a while. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about it openly, honestly, um, and perfect strangers would come yeah. up to us, talk to us, talk shop. It was a wonderful, ex- like just that part of it alone was a wonderful experience. Do you remember the guy's name or where he was from that we met? I uh, want to say Tom or something. I don't remember the name, but I think he was from New Hampshire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, well, he, that's that's definitely correct. I remember it, that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But he what he found out that we were from Canada and that we were seeing uh, all these shows, and he's like, "I saw this show and this show and this show. I love magic." He talked to us about Derek Delgadio's show yeah. um, for a long time because he he apparently comes to New York all the time. Which I mean, you're it, it's Makes close sense. enough here; it's easy to get to. But he sees all the shows. He was a really nice guy. Um, yeah. If you ever hear this, write us. Tell us your name because we'd love to. To continue our remember. talk, yeah, yeah, we'd love to remember. <laughs> well, I mean, and, I, and I don't know about you, but His I always kind of felt like too was sitting in a chair, just like uh, <laughs> probably hates us because she's like, oh, please don't engage in conversation. <laughs> he will talk forever, and he did, and it was great. We had a great time. Oh yeah, it was wonderful, wonderfully nice man. Yeah. <laughs> and I like kind of as a tangent, you know, during this whole COVID nineteen pandemic thing, I've kind of had sympathy for like magicians' wives. <laughs> <laughs> This. Here, hey, honey, I got this. this. Oh my God! If you show me one more card trick, I will slit your throat with yeah. a j- Jack of Diamonds. Like, just... but Jack of Diamonds was your card. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it was it was a wonderful experience. And like, even when we were leaving, when when we were walking out, there was a couple. I would say teenagers sitting down at the table in the middle of the store. Yeah. They weren't there to buy anything. They were just there to jam. Yeah, just that was talk. the other thing. They had set up little spaces for demonstrations and out in the middle because it was kind of a U shape. Um, the counter yeah. was U shaped with all this open space in the center. Um, and they had a, a lovely little stage area, but a, a two, one or two tables out in the center where people could just come sit and they were card tables so you could, uh, you know, work on your card moves and all this stuff. It was, it was fabulous. It absolutely was. Yeah. And, and, like, to be honest, if I were to ever go back to New York, that is a stop I would make again. Not to buy anything, but just, just to hang out. Hang out. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, and then the same day, uh, we accidentally found a second magic shop. Yeah. We, we had planned to go to the Houdini Museum of New York, which had all this, we, we looked up, you know, magic things. We know New York has a lot of this magic history stuff. So Houdini Museum was one of the things we found. Um, but when you walked in to the building, Houdini Museum wasn't on the, um, the board because there was these boards, you know, kind of show you what floor to go to and all these places were in their own little spaces in these bigger buildings. Um, but Phantasma Magic was, we thought, well, 
let's go up there. I'm sure they can point us towards the Houdini Museum. And it turns yeah. out they're one and the same. So Phantasma Magic, the shop, owns and operates the the Houdini, the Houdini Museum. I, I'm having a hard time saying Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious it is yeah um and we met uh rj uh the magician as he is called yep. on social media he is um i think he's like 21 or something he's really young yeah uh, and he runs, i think he came from wisconsin he, yeah i think so yeah he's a, he's a professional magician um but he moved to new york um and got this job at the at phantasma magic um and he was fantastic he he talked to us for maybe i don't know an hour and a half two hours um, oh to, yeah, you know, same again, thing. Same just... kind of thing. Here's here's some things that I use, and here's some thing. Here's some theories that yeah. I'm looking at right now. Uh, he was fantastic. Just camaraderie. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we had no idea this was happening yeah. while we're standing there talking to RJ, uh, Chris Jones, the hypnotist who hypnotized Howie Mandel live on AGT. Uh, walks in. He's doing a show there that evening. Yeah. And we sat, we probably talked with him for about an hour as well. Yeah. Uh, and he was also thrilled that we were from Canada and that we were professionals. And uh, I, <laughs> I got the feeling that us being Canadian was just this novel thing for it everybody. It was, yeah. It was weird. People, well, and um, he knew Wes. He was good friends with Wes yeah. Barker, who uh, you two took a selfie and I believe sent to Wes individual yeah. you each took a thing and sent it away <laughs> but um yeah people there was this lovely you know as you said camaraderie amongst all these people where no one was trying to one-up anyone it was all it was just it was great yeah it yeah. was it was an absolutely delightful experience and yeah. and it's uh you find it in pockets here and there but never so pervasive through a community mm -hmm. especially to two foreign strangers yeah you know for who, for who all they, they don't knew. know like they don't know what our skill level is they don't know what our level of professionalism is so yeah exactly and and that that alone blew me away mm -hmm. but speaking of houdini we yeah. also made a pilgrimage of sorts it was a pilgrimage <laughs> it sure was um we got up one day, and this was the furthest thing away, and we kind of had the moment the night before and the morning of where we're like, is this, is this really what we're going to do? Because this is a full-day thing. Um, and we eventually were like, yeah, let's go. Um, so we made the, the bus trip, subway trip, on-foot trip. We did everything we possibly could um, to get ourselves to Houdini's grave. Yes. Um, and we found... I want to say 475 cemeteries before we found the right one. <laughs> it was it was an entire like city block of dead people. A cemetery, and we went into multiple cemeteries, <laughs> separate entrances to separate cemeteries. Yeah, all side by side. All side by side, and mausoleums. Uh, there was these. They were. I can't even describe the cemeteries and how they were laid out they were just monuments you know yeah. massive Huge. uh <laughs> although the one part that still sticks out in my mind <laughs> is we were wandering around a gray or a graveyard just kind of looking to find yeah. we knew we were in the right vicinity we were in the right area close. yeah uh but a caretaker comes by in a service truck and <laughs> rolls down his window doesn't even say anything we don't even say hello he just rolls down his window and goes you looking for Houdini? Yeah. 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 Next one over. Oh, okay, guys. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, 
uh, that that same thing happened at um, Tannins as well. When we walked in, the doorman was like, "You guys here for the magic shop?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's a certain clientele and a certain type of person that seeks out these sorts of things. But we looked like magicians. Yeah, we we just have it. We have the look. It was the hat. I don't think it was. Um, but that, yeah, it was a, it was a weird experience. It's one of the things that still sticks in my head is, you know, like that, this was one thing that I really enjoyed and I, I wasn't sure what I was going to, you know, feel. We both kind of have the same, um, view as on, on death as, you know, once you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know the spirit of Houdini or talking to a ghost or something. It was just about, he, he was down there at one point. This is built yeah. in his honor. But um, as soon as you enter the, the cemetery, the one over from the one where we met the uh, caretaker, <laughs> it's right there. It's right at the, uh, the entrance of the cemetery. And yeah, you can see it from the road. Yeah, it's got this huge headstone piece, um, which is not the original. No, uh, the original one is actually in the Houdini Museum at uh, Phantasma Magic. That's my magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we walked up to this thing, and it was uh, it was really fabulous. Um, a, an eerie experience, though. We spent maybe forty five minutes just hanging out, looking at things, because his whole family was there. <laughs> yeah, uh, mother, father, brothers. Yeah, like it, wife. It was, it, and it was it was. There is this kind of solemn reverence that that kind of just like just permeated through the whole experience. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was, it was. There was this this feeling of awe and and gravity about sharing the same space as someone who arguably uh, is is a. a, a, a a legend, yeah. not just in magic, mm-hmm. but worldwide. Yeah, people know him. If if you're not a magician or not into magic history, you still know the name Houdini. Like you know what he did and who he was. Yeah. Um, and it it was strange um, on his headstone because there was this monument. There was this bench uh, that had a head like a, a bust on it with um, a statue of his wife, Bess, um, kind of mourning on this bench. Yeah, she's now also buried in the same plot, but um, on his specific headstone, which was down at the foot of the um, monument, uh, people had left notes and cards and um, pebbles and coins yeah. and handcuffs, all these things. Um, so people people go and, and and visit this space, and it was it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, it was it was a literal pilgrimage because yeah. we wound up leaving things as well. Yeah, true. We we uh, signed a card. Yeah, uh, which I thought was kind of kind of fun, you yeah. know. Like it was, you know, he, he made such an impact in the world of magic that had he not existed, like he, he existed decades, he died decades before our parents existed. Yeah, and had he not made the impact that he did in the world of entertainment, our careers probably wouldn't exist. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I th- like he really did a number on you know magic and and what it is today. So. He really, really did. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of magic, we also, uh, I can't remember if it was the same night or not, we also saw uh, an incredible magic show that we kind of bought tickets for sort of last minute. Yeah, it, this was this was the Houdini night. It was our, we had that in the afternoon because it was going to be an all-day thing. And right. then the Enigmatist. 
David Kwong, yes. David Kwong, yeah. And we weren't really sure. We hadn't really... I'd heard of David um, because I had seen, uh, I think it was a TED Talk that he did a couple years ago with his signature piece, which I didn't know was his signature piece. Um, But it was um, a puzzle show, a puzzle magic show. And it was really interactive. And I I hope you don't mind. (laughs) Go ahead. But uh, as you go into uh, the lobby of the, the show, because the show was at a hotel. So we got to the hotel, there's a lobby to the hotel, and then you went outside and ended up in this sec- separate part where you were going to see the magic show. But there was four puzzles that you had to solve, and when you solved the puzzle, you went and showed the person at the desk, and they stamped a card for you, and that ended up, at the end of the show, being part of um, one of the puzzles you had to solve. You didn't know this at the time. But Jeff and I get in there, and we're solving puzzles. We solve one, and uh, as we move on to the second I kind of noticed Jeff is getting a bit antsy. Like he's not, he? he's not quite into it, which is weird because Jeff loves a good puzzle. And we're solving it and solving it. And he's like, you know what? You, uh, you keep working on this. I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, and he disappeared. And uh, I, solved, I think I solved one more puzzle on my own. It was hard because there were so many people trying to get in there. So you couldn't really budge in. But I solved yeah. one more, started working on a third uh, before I had to go in and get our seats, and then uh, Jeff came back, and he was he was having some tummy trouble, but we didn't solve. <laughs> yeah, something I ate that day just was not sitting well with me, we and had. I just I, like there was a couple moments where I'm like, oh, God, I got I gotta go. I'll, I gotta go. <laughs> I go again. Yeah. I uh, think even it, before <laughs> the doors closed to the show, you went a, a second time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was I was I I did I didn't want to get caught. You know yeah. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. But. That aside, mm-hmm. uh, it was a really strong show. Oh, fantastic show! Uh, it was the the way I explained it to Hannah when we got back was that it was it was like if a crossword puzzle decided to stand up on a stage and do magic. Yeah, uh, and it was uh, it was this intricate bit where things wove in and out of each other and uh, things that didn't seem connected wound up becoming as connected. And the finale of the show was unbelievable. Yeah, um, it was jam packed with all kinds of stuff, and it was really interesting uh because david kwong writes the new york times crossword that is his his day job yeah. i guess he does um, yeah it turns out he does some of them you don't write you you kind of work as a freelance uh, yeah. crossword artist uh, crossword artist i don't know what it is i'm gonna go with artist um but a lexicographer yes. a what no a lexicographer is a study of the word there's a, there is a specific there's a word, word for people who make crossword puzzles okay uh Either way, yeah. you could you could tell that that's how he, he knew. thinks. Yeah, he knew everything there was to know about crossword. I'm going to go science. It was yeah. a science for sure. Um, he he could toss out words here and there and and fill in a crossword like no one's business. Well, uh, and it's and and uh, at lightning speed. Yeah, <laughs> just like like he could do it well, but he could do it fast. And there, I mean. At some point, there's there's a, a you know, it's because he's practiced at the show and it's part of the show. But he also, if you listen to, I listened to a couple more of his interviews after this, after getting to kind of know who he was a bit more. Um, and he he is just really that knowledgeable. So it's not just a, you know, a trick in the show. He actually yeah. is that smart. It, it was fantastic. Uh, but it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, and the engagement with the audience was incredible as mm-hmm. well. Like that, that man knew how to work a crowd. We talked about this on, on our walk home um, 
I think mostly to keep us distracted because we thought we were going to get shanked. But um, <laughs> we, we walked through a pretty sketchy uh, basketball court where they're, you know. Partially going. because we got lost, but that's. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> oh, cruciverbalist. A cruciverbalist. Yeah. Writes a crossword. Yeah. Okay. Cruciverbalist. Um, but it, it, we try our best to somewhat have a story in our shows. Um, and not just, here's a trick, here's a trick, here's a trick. Um, yeah. And they, our shows are somewhat like that, somewhat not, you know, there's a through line, but not a story For like this. Me, and yeah. we're, we're always, is that the right way to go? Is it not? But he had a great story to his show, but also overlaid that or, you know, had, here's a trick, here's a trick, here's a trick as well. He had both things. And did both of them really well. And he had this, it was all weaved together just seamlessly. Yeah. Wonderfully put together. Yeah. Uh, great, great show. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, uh, I, I was glad at the end of the day that we, we kind of just bought those tickets on a whim. We yeah. had the free night. Like, mm-hmm. why not? We're already here. Yeah. Let's go see another magic show. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously the goal was to go see Darren Brown. Yes. Uh, but I would, I would argue that, that that show was was not like Darren Brown was still yeah the greatest yeah but that show was definitely not a disappointment. It was a wonderful show. It had mm-hmm. a lot of good writing. It was strong magic, and David Kwong is is a spectacular performer. Uh, and we got to see Zoe Deschanel. Yes, we did. <laughs> and her, and she her didn't see us, which makes that kind of creepy. But the point is, yeah. she was at the show. She came to the show yeah. with her um, her Canadian boyfriend. Yes, I don't know which know. one he is, but it's one of the Scott brothers from Vancouver. Yeah, he's but, he's a he's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> uh, before we get to the the piece de resistance, mm-hmm. uh, pardon my French, um, we'll talk about a non-magic show which had some magic in it. Yes. Yeah. We we both at the same moment in this show, we both turned to each other and went, ah, "Magic!" <laughs> uh, like idiots, but um, it's it's what we do. Um, we looked up. We thought we're going to New York. We probably should see one musical. Um, Cats was off the table. Uh, yep. Jeff desperately wanted to go, but I I put my foot down. I said, "Absolutely not." Um, he has an allergy. <laughs> I have an allergy to cats and to shitty theater. Um, so we didn't we didn't see cats. Um, but I think I don't know how you found this because I wasn't aware of it actually. Uh, Beetle, the the show the show Beetlejuice yeah because yeah. it was you that that found it and said what about this? It was how did I come across it? Uh, oh, it was. Uh, Kind of when we were planning, you know, the trip and making out, making out our, our, our arrangements and mm. getting our hostel and things like that, uh, I was on, I think it was Nine Gag. Okay. Uh, and, and for those who are unfamiliar, Nine Gag is kind of like a like a, a a picture dump site where people can upload gifts and pictures and screen captures and funny stuff basically. Yeah. Um, and somebody had uploaded, somebody had uploaded an Instagram video of someone else doing a lip sync to one of the songs from Beetlejuice. Okay. Um, uh, and it was, the song itself was, was very kind of catchy and, and strange. And, and, and I didn't know 
what it was. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, curiosity got the better of me and I looked it up and it was from Beetlejuice, the musical. And I was <laughs> scrolling through my phone, looking up all the information. And I turned to Hannah, who is a, a big Broadway musical fan. Yeah. And I said, Hey, did you know there's a, a, a Broadway musical of Beetlejuice? And she goes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like this is, she's, and she just gives me this look like I just slapped her in the face. Like, yeah, it's been on for a while. It's doing well. Like, of course I know yeah. it's there. And I said, have you seen the original? She says, no. And I said, have you heard some of the music? She says, of course I have. Uh, and that's when I started looking into it. And that's when I realized what it actually was. It wasn't a reproduction of the movie, but basic, well, it kind of was, yeah. the storyline was similar, mm-hmm. but it was a new work. It was, it was kind of springboarded off of the old, which they uh, poked fun at. Oh, they really did. They knew exactly what they were doing. Oh yeah. yeah the, it, oh, it, it was, it was, uh, the caliber of that show was incredible as you'd expect for a Broadway musical. Yeah. Uh, but, but their, their self-awareness of what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I have never seen in theater before. Yeah. It was the caliber of that. Um, the music was great. Um, we really enjoyed the, the show itself. This, the music, Mm -hmm. obviously the singing, all of that was, was top notch again, as you'd expect from a, a Broadway show, but it was different from, you know, We've seen Broadway shows before that come through on the, you know, Broadway across Canada tours or whatever. I've seen yeah. Lion King, Newsies, Billy Elliot, all these shows. But this was this was very different. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure I can explain how, but it was. It just had a different feel to it. It was uh, it was a musical that didn't rely on being a musical. Right. Yeah, sure. Uh, at least that's what it was for me. I, yeah. I will be the first to admit that I'm not a huge musical fan, mm-hmm. mostly because I always felt the music in a musical never fits. Like it's, it's, it always kind of feels forced right. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, everything kind of, the only other musical that I can say this about that I, that I've, that I've seen that I've enjoyed uh, was Kinky Boots. Mm. Uh, the music felt like it fit and made sense for the universe the story was taking place in. Right. Uh, and Beetlejuice was the same way, mm-hmm. at least for me. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, as someone who, who has seen the original Beetlejuice movie a lot, as someone who grew up when there was the Beetlejuice cartoon on television, yeah. uh, they definitely did the source material justice. And I would mm-hmm. say it's probably the best version of Beetlejuice out there. Yeah, it, it was, it was fabulous. If you um, can or have, you know, just Google Beetlejuice, there's a couple of numbers that are on YouTube or um, yep. the music's on Apple Music and Spotify. So you can listen to the music. It's catchy. It's a catchy album. Yep. Um, yeah. So we had, we got to see um, Alex Brightman who played the, the title role of Beetlejuice. And he, if you know, School of Rock, um, the musical, he played Dewey Finn in the original of that as well. And we also Bonnie. saw the original uh, Lydia Dietz, who um, is no obviously no one's with the show at the moment. Yeah. Um, but she just before uh, this all kind of happened, she left the show to go do some TV work, and their understudy took over. So um, we got to see the original cast, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was it was again one of those shows that we kind of tagged on it, you know, a little after the fact. Yeah, I'm so glad we did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm. I was very pleased with that. <laughs> but 
there was a point to the trip. These other, yep. all these other things we've been talking about are just ah, cherries on top, really. Um, garnish, but, garnish, but mere garnish <laughs> to the main course, which was of course Darren Frickin' Brown. That's his actual middle name, his legal middle name, <laughs> Darren Frickin' Brown. Uh, who, for those of you who don't know, is a mentalist and magician out of the UK. Um, so kind of the, the quick uh, the quick version of, of why he was in New York was he was approached by J.J. Abrams and, and Darren and J.J. worked together to produce a run of uh, uh, Darren Brown's stage show in New York. Now, until uh, Darren Brown had done one off-Broadway run before, hmm. Uh, a few years ago, I think. Uh, but primarily he has toured around the UK and his, uh, his touring shows, his touring stage shows in the UK uh, have sold out West End theaters. He's won the Olivier award twice, yeah, I believe. I so. um, With a or at least bunch nominated. More nominations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his, his stage shows are a big deal in mm-hmm. the UK. Um, and he, he's a big deal in the UK, even on, on TV. He had he's had TV shows and stage shows, and he's he's a he's a celebrity in the UK. Uh, as as he quotes in one of his shows, he's a borderline national treasure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so that was that was the reason why we went. He was putting on Darren Brown's Secret uh, at the Court Theater in New York, and we both realized that this might be the only chance we get to see him live yeah. uh, because he's in New York, which is a hell of a lot closer than England. Yeah. Uh, so we took the opportunity to see this show yeah. and man, was it a show it. And just to kind of give you uh, a bit of perspective onto what this meant to us, our, our first night in New York, when we went to times square, we're walking around, and I don't think we, I didn't realize, maybe you did, that Broadway and Times Square are one and the same. Yeah, kind of. Um, so I, I didn't know that. So we were walking away from the M&M store, and we were stopped at a corner, and Jeff was on the phone with Hannah. And I just, I was just looking around, just, you know, taking in the sights, and I saw this billboard, or uh, the, the marquee, um, and I'm like, what is oh my gosh, it's right there. <laughs> and I tap Jeff on the shoulder and I pointed and he's like, what, what? And he looks and he sees the same thing and we, we went over just to stare at the, at the marquee and we stood there forever just yeah, looking at it. felt like eternity, yeah. like in a good way. Take it, we took pictures of the marquee. We took pictures of the door. We looked like freaking fools. <laughs> but that, that was the, the weight of this moment for us just to be able to see this yeah this magician, this performer that we both enjoyed so much. So, yeah. And uh, it was, it was, I don't even know how to describe the show Mm -hmm. other than it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, So now I guess now that the run is done, we can kind of describe the show a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, If you, what I'll say, first of all, before we start describing is uh, a lot of Darren Brown's uh, shows from the UK are on YouTube. You can watch them all. Um, not live, obviously, but you can watch a live performance of the show. Um, so search Darren Brown and just look for those YouTube videos that are an hour-ish, an hour and a half long. Watch those because um, watching those, you'll have just not even half of the experience that you have live. But I know Jeff and I have both watched them multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. And just being there in the presence of this, what we would consider a best-of show, if he was a singer... 
Um, this would be his best of album because it yeah, was just greatest hits. Too, yeah, yeah, greatest hits because um, they were all things that we've seen for the most part, yeah. um, just not live. And to be honest, a lot of a lot of his uh, content in that show had been uh, reworked or improved or yeah. rewritten to fit the thematics of the show. Yes, yeah. Uh, so it, even though it may have been an effect that we have seen before, it was presented in in a, a new or, or an interesting way that wasn't what it used to be. Yeah, well, and that that's one of the things that kind of made me mad at myself after we left because I was like, of course, of course. <laughs> How was I so stupid as to not to see that? And I don't want to ruin that secret because I think, I, I mean, it's not the first time he's done it. Probably won't be the last. You, you mean you don't want to ruin the secret? I don't want to ruin the secret, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, the, the one, I guess the, the one major takeaway I had from the show uh, for me was how much mileage he got out of such little things. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think saying getting mileage out of it may, puts it in a bad context, which is not does, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, a, it's the perfect way to phrase it, but it's not what you think. Yeah. No. Uh, and the, the one example that, that I point to when I talk to people about this mm-hmm. was uh, the, 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 the beginning, uh, or I guess not the uh, kind of the beginning of the, of the Q&A portion of his show. Right. Uh, the, you know, on, you're, in this, you're in this theater that seats – a thousand. I'm not sure how what the capacity is. Twelve hundred or fourteen hundred people. Yeah. yeah. So so somewhere between a thousand to fifteen hundred seats. Mm-hmm. So a, a big space, mm-hmm. uh, a, a a large stage. Yeah. The only things on the stage was Darren Brown, a microphone, and a bowl full of black envelopes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with with blocking lighting and music. He made that set and that image and that that moment feel monumental. Yeah. You know, a pause, arms out, light change, sound, and you just you could feel the like we were we were quite a few rows back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it just it felt so looming and large and impactful and intimidating. Yeah. And it was such a simple thing. One thing aside from the magic that I enjoyed of the show that you don't get when you watch a film or a video of it was the the caliber of performer. Yes. You know he's a good performer watching him online, but being there and in that in that same space, there was it was you were in awe of this person all the time. Yeah. He could command a presence. Oh, and and in such a soft way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I think of the the he does a, a witch hand routine at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show. Uh, For those of you don't was, know what that is, it's an ob- It's you know the game where you can play this on your own, and it's not a magic <laughs> effect where you have an object in one of your hands, and someone has to guess which hand it's in. Um, yeah. As a mentalist, generally you just you guess right every time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and he held he held the room for that and all again all it was was him uh, a spectator from the audience and a dollar bill yeah you know and, and you you have you have to respect the command that that takes to hold a room with such a simple mm-hmm. simple setup yeah and I think I think if any lesson to be taken away from this uh, it should be that any lesson taken away from this is that. You don't need much 
to put on uh, a, an amazing large scale show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what you do, but what you what you think you need a lot of is not what you need a lot of. What you need a exactly. lot of is you know time and effort and rehearsal and and script and all these other things that you just wouldn't normally think of as a, a layperson or I mean as a performer we think of these things but um, on his level I don't think we could never think of a show that we're putting on on his level just because we don't have those resources exactly right. the the analogy that I I have for this was was back back in the day before I was before I was mentalist Jeff I was I was baseball player Jeff right <laughs> and I I you know I I, I uh, I, I, I managed to play pretty high level sports. I managed to, you know, I get to get to the college level, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Like it's, 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 it's better than your average bear. And I remember, uh, the first, the very first time I came across someone who had major league talent, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was playing in a league full of other college players and I remember, the first time, the first time I saw a major league speed fastball, right, uh, and major league talent, my first thought was, I'm I I might be good, I will never be this good. Yeah, it's 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 this very real and and tangible difference of skill. Yeah that you can recognize right away. And that's, that was the feeling I got watching Darren Brown. Yeah. You know what? I put on a pretty damn good show. Mm-hmm. People have fun. Uh, I, I get good reviews. They like it. Yeah. I don't think I will ever be that good. Yeah. And, and that, that's in that moment. I don't think you should, uh, limit yourself. <laughs> I think you could be that good. Thank you, Ben. We just need a team <laughs> of writers. Now the show ends. Yes. We get up. We leave the theater happy as clams. Um, Wonderful. We were thrilled. No merch to buy. No one trying to pitch you anything. We had our playbill. We were we left. Um, and I know from you know friends that I've had go to New York and Hannah even letting us know that the stage door or stage dooring is a thing, and you can stand outside and, and wait for the performers. Um, over at Beetlejuice, they even had a, a queue line that they set yeah. up for this to actually uh, happen. Most theaters, actually. Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah. I mean, as an example of a, a show we saw, um, there there's queue lines all set up. We leave, we're like, Let, well, let's wait. Let's see what happens. Um, and, this, the, and, and this is the, we talked about this in part one of this. Yeah. This is the second time where I am, I am glad you were pushy. Right, because had had we had my way, we would have walked away, and this would have never happened. Yes, that true. I forgot about that. I'm. Yep. This is all me. Um, <laughs> we're standing by a light post, okay? And at all the other shows, at at Lion King, at Beetlejuice, at Kinky Boots, at Harry Potter, thousands of people, almost the whole theater, okay, is are waiting outside to meet these people that they've just seen in the show. Uh, at Darren Brown, outside, the stage door is right in front, right next to the entrance you go in, yep. um, are Jeff and I and two other people. Yep. Four that, people. Four people total, okay? Um, we're waiting, and a couple of tech crew come out the door, so we know we're at the right spot. They leave. A couple more people leave. Um, someone goes inside and comes back out with another friend of theirs, and then um, 
Jeff, again, like he said, he wanted to leave. He's like, this isn't happening. Let's go. I said, no, 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 no. Let's wait. This is a thing. This happens, okay? And these people, <laughs> these people haven't left yet. The other two, they're sticking it out. Let's stick it yeah. out. I would kick myself. Um, so this car pulls up. Um, and we like, okay, that's got to be his car. It looked like an Uber black, but fancier. <laughs> um, someone comes out, gets in, goes away. It's not obviously not for him. Uh, then the security guard that's been standing by this door goes inside and comes back out with a friend and he leaves. So now no one's guarding the door. So nope. Jeff and I are like, okay. And as the security guard's walking away, he says, um, he's not coming out this door. You guys should leave. And I thought, no, why would he say that? <laughs> Unless he is going to come out this door. And he's trying to get us to go away. So, Maybe two more minutes, we hung out, and finally the door opens up, and two people walk out, and Jeff looks at me, and I look at Jeff, and I went, there he is. And he came out. And, and to be honest, like, when I first saw him, I didn't recognize him. I, yeah, he w it was a weird experience. Yeah. Because in his show, he's dressed really nicely. He's got this commanding presence. He's, um, you know, he's clean shaven. He's all tidy, has his costume mm -hmm. on. He came out the door. It was cold. He had a, a winter jacket on and a toque and some gloves um, yep. and looked like and a he was. He struck me as just like this, this mild-mannered, gentle man. And he was. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely was. Just this, this wonderful, uh, kind – and he was – I think the thing that struck me so much about it after we kind of recognized him and saw what was going on, mm -hmm. uh, he was – or at least it, he put on a really good face about it. He mm -hmm. seemed genuine, genuinely uh, uh, pleased and moved that we were there waiting to meet him. Yeah, and you could you could tell that you know a couple of people wait every night, obviously, because he came out and he did have a sharpie ready. Yeah, because um, the two people that were waiting with us or you know around us, us. Um, walked up, got their things signed, talked to him for a couple seconds, and then left. Um, and I'm glad they did because that gave us the opportunity to be the only two left. Um, and Correct. we got to have, uh, quite a long, really nice chat with him and he yeah. was super happy to do so. He loved my hat. He said, it's a nice hat. I will give you that. <laughs> I wouldn't say he loved. touched my hat. He did. He, t he fixed the brim of yep. the hat. <laughs> he fixed the brim. He put it like, cause it's one of, it's one of those fedoras where the brim goes up all yeah. the way around. Yeah. And then he says, I wonder if it wouldn't look better. And he bends the front down and he takes a step back. No, we got to put no, that you're back. Right. <laughs> it goes up. Yeah. It was, it was lovely. And he had just a normal conversation. He asked us where we came from. He asked us how we enjoyed the show. He talked to, he found out we were magicians obviously. And that's why we yeah. came. Um, and he talked to us about magic for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, he found out we were from Canada, mm -hmm. Was uh, thought that was novel, as was the trope for the trip. He said he'd spent some time in Calgary with a friend of his. He had a friend, he had a friend from Calgary, which <laughs> I was, I was, uh, we were talking, was, yeah, we're from Calgary. Well, I've, I've been to, where, where is Calgary from Vancouver? Well, it's mm -hmm. across the Rocky Mountains. It's, it's about an hour and a half by plane. Uh, it's about 12 hours by car. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of the other side of the mountains. And he says, Oh, he says, I had, I had a friend who used to live in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And I, and, 
at least in my mind, I don't know if you thought the same thing, but the first thing that popped in my mind was he has a friend. What we know. What magician. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Calgary's not that big. There's not a whole lot. There's a good chance that we know whoever this friend (laughs) is. So I, I, I said, Oh, who, who is your friend? And he goes, Nev. I said, Nev. He says, you know, like Nev, Nev Campbell, you know, like the actress, Nev Campbell. No, we don't know. Nev. We don't know Nev Campbell. I mean, we know (laughs) Nev Campbell, but we don't know Nev Campbell. Um, Uh, But it was, it, it was, it was a delight. Yeah. And at the end, we were just about to part ways. We got our pictures. We got our pictures. Which we Jeff got our and I both discussed. We, we said, um, I like you, Jeff, but I would like my own picture. Mm-hmm. I want my picture taken on my own. And we did. We got our individual pictures, and it was lovely. Yep. Signed our handbills. Mm-hmm. With and love. And then as we were... What's that? With love. With love. Yes. And as we decided to part ways for the night... He said, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate it. And gave us both uh, like a hug and not just like a tap on it, like an honest to goodness, like hug. hug. Yeah. Yeah. Which floored us because not only do we get. And maybe 10 minutes later, Jeff goes. He hugged us. (laughs) Not us hugged him. He hugged us. That's right. he He made the first move. Yeah. God, I'm thankful he did. What an experience. <laughs> right? Darren Brown, uh, if you ever hear this, drop us a line. Yeah, we, we would absolutely love loved to your show. Love talk talking to you. About to this. you. Um, and we talk about getting hugged all the time. It's, it's a thing we say. <laughs> Sometimes when you're having a bad day, you just text Jeff or te- Jeff texts me and goes, You remember that time? Dot, dot, dot. Next text. Darren Brown hugged us. And we I don't didn't. even get the next text. You know. We know what's coming. It was fabulous. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't believe the things that were that were that we experienced just at that yeah. one show. Well, and it's and and it it, it struck me. I, I think the thing that I take away from this, uh, like I've I have I have spent a good number of my years, kind of kind of following the adage of never meet your heroes. Yeah. Uh, and. And the thing about it was, for the most part, to at least some degree, that was always kind of true. Yeah. Every time I've met someone who I've who I've thought of as as not necessarily a hero, but like a like someone I would look up to, you kind of have that experience of oh, this isn't quite, and it happened, and and that's because people are human and it's expected. Yeah. But in this particular case, it was the exact opposite experience. Oh yeah. I I am so glad that we had that and. The fact was he was so gracious and friendly and and um, uh, 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 open mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was not only a wonderful experience for us, but mind boggling that, you know, someone in his position would still have that capacity because even, you know, I am I am not a Darren Brown status performer. Yeah. But even I, you know, at the at the end of a show. Uh, and, and, you know, or at the, at the end of a, at the end of a festival after a while, you kind of get like, man, I just want to go home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I can see how that could leak in, but he was, he was phenomenal. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. And I hope as a, either as a fan, as a, as a, a, a passerby in the street, as a, as a peer, whatever, I hope I get to meet and talk with that man again someday. Yeah. Yeah. That would be ideal at best. 
Yes. <laughs> um, so we got a text from our producer as we were sitting here discussing all of these things. We're going to wrap up right away. But um, at the top of the episode uh, when in our billboard, I mentioned that we're in satellite studios. Um, and that's not, not really a joke. We actually are. We're, we're in our separate houses. We're not getting together to record these. We are uh, doing our best to social distance in this time. Um, and our producer felt that it was crucial that we actually mention that uh, aside from the joke at the top of the episode. So if you are listening to this, um, do your best to social distance, help flatten that curve. We're doing, uh, we're doing what we can, uh, and we hope you are as well. And, and that may be a good time also at this point. Just, you know, thank all the, uh, the healthcare workers, the, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, all those people that are out there, the, the fire, uh, firefighters, police officers, all those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and of course, all doing. the other essential service industries yeah, out there. Yeah, grocery stores. You, you never hear yeah. people thank the grocery store, but without, you know, without Costco, I wouldn't have my eggs. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, grocery store. Just thank you, people who are, do, you know, who are continuing to work through this time. And uh, we right. appreciate what you're doing. Exactly. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And we'll see you on the other side of this pandemic. Indeed. All right. That does it for this episode of the Perfectly Normal Podcast. My name is Jeff Newman. I'm Ben Price. This has been the Perfectly Normal Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the Perfectly Normal Podcast, help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And of course, don't forget to subscribe. And to keep up to date on what's going on with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for at Newman and Price. And to find Jeff or Ben individually, search Newman Mentalism and Ben Price Magic on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you have any questions or show ideas, you can reach us at newmanandprice at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll let you, I'll let you start the third. <laughs> okay.